All right, and welcome back to episode six. Not a moment I was expecting to get to. Didn't think we were going to get to episode six, but we did. Thanks to you guys listening and actually tuning in and downloading and sharing. That is very exciting. But I am not here by myself for this soft open. Uh, I brought my wife. You know her. You love her. Uh, She is the voice of Liel. Greetings. She came here to uh, make sure that I don't ramble too much because I am prone to do that. Lots has happened. Yeah. Lots has happened. We've got big news, exciting news coming uh, coming down the pipes. We're not going to tell you all of it here because if I do, it'll wind up being its own episode. Yeah. Lots of information. Man, where do we even start? Well, one cool thing is we actually received our first email this week from a listener. That is very true. And it, it, it filled me with rage. <laughs> it did because it was somebody who was just oh so happy about your comments about bards and monks. Which is true. From <laughs> from last episode. Uh, this email is from uh, a listener, Spencer. And uh, it starts with, <clears throat> how dare you, sir? About what you said about bards and monks. Totally true. (laughs) Take a rogue dip until level four and then continue as a bard eldritch blast for cantrip and then having bardic inspiration. Come on, son. Monks, barbarian zealot, sun soul monk, you are literally a Dragon Ball Z character. Do I need to say more? Anyway, the podcast is good, I guess. Slangevor. All right. So I read this email. (laughs) I have lots of thoughts. You have approximately 45 seconds. Okay, first off, apparently this person is a very poor loser because (laughs) uh, they don't like what I said, which is true. Also, it's probably um, because everything that they sent in this email about Eldritch Blast, that's not a Pathfinder thing. (laughs) So if you're listening to a Pathfinder podcast and getting mad because we're not playing by your super lousy and immature 5e rules <laughs> there went half of our listenership uh yeah probably uh, all i have to say to you is come on son <laughs> so, so is it fair to say that your your prejudices against bards and monks is is limited to that of pathfinder or is it just kind of a broad stroke al- uh, across all role-playing games? i think it's pretty much across all role-playing games <laughs> okay. um it takes a very special person to play a bard I would agree with you there. Most people don't do it well. I've not had much experience, so I couldn't comment on that. You're very lucky. Most <laughs> of them make you want to pour bleach in your eyes. Oh, that's that's aggressive. It is aggressive. My and okay, I, I have to I have to go back to this email because it 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 has once like I said it filled me with rage because <laughs> apparently that. this person also was talking about monks and how great monks are and ooh uh, you know you get to be a Dragon Ball Z character okay. okay. In all fairness, you built me my very first character when you coerced me into playing this game. Yes, it was. And it was, in fact, a monk. And uh, what was your reaction to it? You hated it. You hated it. You said you hated it. You actually only lasted about two levels of monk, and then you went cleric. No, that's actually not true. I I don't want to say I hated it in the realm of I hated it because it was a monk. 
it was my very first character and literally my very first time playing any kind of role-playing game. You're so. still wrong, <laughs> and this guy's still wrong, because if you actually read his email where it says you start with a barbarian zealot, which means you're not actually building a monk. You're building, you're a, building bar- a, bar- a, barbarian a barbarian who, who has, has dipped into monk, monk which means you have made a crappy barbarian. <laughs> so... Uh, the only good thing about this person is that they said that the podcast is good, which means they have poor taste, <laughs> and they're also Scottish by uh, their their salutation, Slangevor, uh, which means they are probably also a drunk. So <laughs> that's all I have to say about this person. All right. Well, Spencer, if you're listening to this, we hope you are still listening to this <laughs> after this soft open. Thanks again for your email. I hope that I've converted email. you to be a... Anything other than a bard or monk. Either that or you've made an enemy for life. Probably. <laughs> so um, if you're if you're looking to enrage the GM and you have some strong opinions about certain uh, classes within the game or you have other comments or critiques of that nature, go ahead and send us an email. Uh, we will be more than happy to read it live on air and listen to... Uh, John, go off on tangents about it. Which is really the best part of me when it comes to GMing. <laughs> Your mindless tangents. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, we have uh, even bigger news than yes. just uh, the potentiality of me being driven crazy by trolls. <laughs> <laughs> much, much more important and exciting news. Yes. And that is, uh, we've decided to go weekly. Yes. No more every other Wednesday. For you listeners, your off weeks of wandering around the wastelands of of our world, going and bemoaning, <laughs> where is uh, Liel at this moment? Oh yes, because yeah, people are just craving for that. I am. <laughs> is that weird? Moving on. So yes, we have heard your cries, and we will be going weekly. Uh, we are still working out the finer details of that and how the format's going to play out. But we are very excited to be bringing that to you. Hopefully that'll uh, garner a lot more excitement from all of our listeners. Also, we did reveal one other exciting thing this this past week, and that was a brand new logo. Makes us feel very official. Make sure you, if you miss it on social media, uh, we are on Facebook and on Instagram. So go ahead and search Natural Eleven Productions there and you will be able to see our brand new logo. Go do it. Do it. If you, if you, you don't, regret it. well, it just, it gives you another opportunity to make me rage. <laughs> I mean, just, just think about it as another avenue of harassing and troll. I give you permission <laughs> to harass and troll me over the fact that bards and uh, monks are just terrible and if you choose to play one you're a bad person and with that we're gonna bring you to episode six (laughs) and we hope you guys enjoy it all right thanks guys
Jesus. Why do I play games with you people? I'm sorry, it's past my bedtime, Kayla. <laughs> That's my excuse. Anyway, what's my voice for this character? What's happening? All right, well... We're playing a game with dice. Yeah, we're, we're playing, playing a game. game and, uh... Good grief. We're, we haven't even started. We're... 30 seconds in, and this episode has already gone off the rails. Just As does every episode. Yeah. Um, this episode went off the rails probably five minutes ago. Yeah. Because it's past people's bedtimes, but we have to get an ep in, so... Gotta get that ep. We are going to get... <laughs> <laughs> Why was that funny? Because <laughs> it's Dana. I have nothing. I got, I'm just a natural comedian. What can I say? Oh, What's crowd. your day job? Tough crowd. What's your day job? Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Don't quit it. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the funny one here. The only funny one. Says who? Ooh, roasted. <sighs> All right. We're going to just restart this episode. <laughs> Just restart the campaign. Yeah, we're going to restart the campaign. So you guys are on a ship. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Metagaming. I know what happens. I'm immediately getting in a lifeboat. <laughs> My character has Not seven life vests. any of the food ever. Uh, we left off last episode with probably the fan favorite NPC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At this point? Uh, the red-headed... I don't know what you'd call her. <laughs> fire stick. Uh-huh. Fire, fire brand. Can't wait to fire, see where this is going. Firecracker. Sasha. Stop while you're behind, John. Gosh. I'm trying to paint a picture Is here. she on fire? Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> 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 yeah, this whole time? <laughs> the whole th- yeah, she, uh, she actually had um, <coughs> resistance fire cast on her and mm-hmm. then made uh, permanent. Mm-hmm. Oh. So. oh. Is that representation of her burning loins? This episode has been brought to you by uh, Natural Eleven Productions. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next episode. Because I'm not going to top that joke. (laughs) It's impossible. No, last episode ended with, uh, I think collectively, all of you at the table being slightly unnerved uh, and freaked out. Maybe even... I, I don't, okay, I'd say, we'll just go with it. We'll just go with annoyed. You were annoyed with Sasha and kind of the conversations that she's been having with people and the words that have been flying out of her mouth. But the last word that wa- that did leave her mouth was said to it. the wonderful character, Ronan, who, when we left off, was washing off bug juice. And bug not juice. juice, but bug guts. Bug guts. Uh, off of his fun. armor, clothes, and body. You turn around to see Sasha <laughs> sitting on the beach staring at you. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of mildly sounds like I can show you the world. <laughs> This is a guy on the beach playing a <laughs> piano. Like, where the hell did he come from? <laughs> She's just like, I hired him. <laughs> Along with half of your party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. No, um, <clears throat> I can't focus with this music. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> uh, 
we're not going to get anything done this episode, are we? Nope. Well, we usually have, what, 10 minutes of banter until Kayla tells me to get going with the episode, so we're not quite there yet. So Sasha is sitting there on the beach watching you, and all she says to you, or said to you before the end of last episode was, do you still have it? And that is where we will pick up with today's episode. Is it nighttime? Uh, it is. Uh, it's still dusky. The the day, like you guys had uh, traveled down to the bramble bush, and then traveled back. That was uh, four hours to the brambles, four hours back. So you're looking at roughly about five thirty six o'clock. You know it's going to be dusk. Uh, approaching very soon, anywhere from half hour, 45 minutes. But uh, like I said, last ep with a... I don't remember if you guys had made a, a geography role or a nature role, but uh, you had figured out that kind of where you are is close to uh, the equator, so the day-night cycle happens relatively quick. So I don't know if that answers your question, Dana. Uh, it does, yeah. Okay, good. So, uh, Ronan... Mm -hmm. You turn, and you see Sasha sitting there, looking at you, eyes slightly glazed over. It's her bedroom eyes. Head tilted a little bit. Maybe just a little bit of drool coming out of her mouth. Ew. Why? That's just I'm just going to put her down. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's sick. <laughs> Oh, something's going on with her. <laughs> well advised. Let's pretend for a moment she's not drooling and we're not putting anyone down. <laughs> and we'll just go back to where it was before that that comment was made. Yeah. All right. You said she asked that question. I'll kind of um, curiously look. And it, it, it's kind of like a, a, a curious look at her, but like more of like, yeah, of course I still have it. But then like it quickly changes to like, uh, I should probably check, and then I'll I'll reach down um, to my bag and 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 feel for um, what you're looking for. Yeah, I didn't know. I was gonna say package, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Feel would, for the item. It would no. be in your bag. Feel for th uh, the belonging. The, the belonging. Yep. Yeah, that doesn't sound as bad. I will feel for the belonging. It is there. It is there. Okay. So when we were attacked by the the blot flies, you didn't lose your belonging. I did not. So then th that that face of just like, yeah, of course I have it. I should check. And then once I feel it, I, I look back at her and I'm like, yeah, I I still have it. Of, of course, I still. Of course, I still have it. Yes. It's not flustered at all. When right. you when you go like to look in your bag for it and you turn back she's standing right in front of you <laughs> <laughs> if I would have known that I would literally like look back up and <laughs> she's got that vamp speed going the hell <laughs> is your problem I, I've got it under control I promise okay Ooh, is there a history there I understand this is a this is a big deal you have no idea apparently not no I don't, I guess. <laughs> Apparently you know more. 
I don't exactly know what this is. I just know that it's important that I get it back. And that's what I'm going to do. If you don't think you can keep it safe, you should just give it back. I've got it. I've had it this entire time. Nobody else knows about it. Just me and you. Unless you've been telling other people. Why would I tell someone else about it? That's more dear to me than the lives of everybody here. I'm not saying that it's not necessarily not important to you. Just I know I'm not saying anything about it. And I know I and I and I won't. But if you keep bringing it up on the beach randomly, people might ask questions. It's I, I mean they're they're standing down by the beach like talking, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like we can all see them standing down yeah, there you, and having you, this conversation. You can see them. I've got a megaphone and just right next to my <laughs> Nim. So before uh, Sasha <coughs> decided to visit Ronan, she was most recently speaking with Nim. What I would like to know from your perspective as the GM is this interaction interesting enough that it would catch Nim's attention? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> then I am, I've been watching this whole time. Okay. Um, now, she is out of earshot of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, if they were to raise their voice, you would be able to hear them. But, yeah, you can easily see what's going on. But back to, back to you, Ronan. Mm-hmm. She she looks at you with this almost this look of anger and and uh, jealousy. You don't even really know what you're carrying, do you? You don't even realize the importance of what that is. No, my father gave me a task, and I'm going to fulfill it. Uh, if he needed me to know what it was, he would have told me. He just told me that this was important to pick the item up, bring it back to him, and then more would be told to me then. Until that point, I don't know. To be honest, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be frank with you. I, I don't want to know until they tell me. So if you have information about it, just keep it to yourself, and we'll keep this thing hidden until we hand it over. And then Ronan's going to turn back around... Not like a piss off kind of way, but more of just like gonna get back to washing off whatever remains I didn't get, you know what I mean? Uh, type thing. And yeah, I'm just gonna start like kind of cleaning up again. So it'd be like, so if, if that's all you have to say, I, I've i got it in hand, I, I've got this under control. Well, the lapdog of a lapdog has it under control mm. when you find out what it is you'll need me and I'll be waiting catch you later puppy and she turns around and you hear her walk back up the beach and Nim you watch her walk up towards your direction Nim who has basically just been watching this whole interaction kind of pulls the old like you know act like everything is cool like he wasn't he wasn't just watching this from afar but he's he's not great at it is definitely like looking in their direction and just like looking either. Yep, exactly. <laughs> like that's funny. I just go, kind of go back to like I'll just refold my pack again for the fifth time. <laughs> uh, do you want to give me a bluff check? No, this is more fun and thematic than more actual fun and thematic. like. Like he's trying to 
It's it's. I'm not trying to like execute some and overcome some challenge. Yeah, she'll just kind of walk and look at you, and I, I'm sure you guys will, you know, meet eyes at least once as you're getting your. She's getting her bedroll ready. She just kind of smiles coyly at you. Doesn't really say anything. Just gets her bedroll, pulls her boots off, dumps out the sand, which for her is probably the twelfth time she's done it today. Snuggles into her bedroll after pushing the sand out to kind of make a little nest, you know, a little furrow in the sand because you guys are sleeping on the beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of turns her back to you and pulls the blankets up over her shoulder and makes the signs that she's in a maybe tuck in early. What about the rest of you, though? Still searching for food. I think after kind of pitching my idea and generally most people not being fond of it, um, after a long disappointing day of walking Ade's gonna kind of like wander off into the jungle from where we came from so like a familiar path not just anywhere Mm -hmm. get maybe I don't know 50 or so feet in and um, unhook my chain flail and just start swinging it and tossing it at the nearest tree letting it thud pull back tossing it at the same tree just again and again like the same violent throw at the same spot in the tree just sort of getting out some anger and frustration I think probably after a while I mean uh, 50 feet away you could probably still hear the thumping if you're paying attention as cast iron hits tree (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I think after a while she's going to start to kind of like express some emotions she's feeling and just kind of like let out some anger and sadness probably cry a little bit and just keep violently throwing the flail against the tree how long do you do this for do you think i'll probably do the throwing for a solid five minutes getting like louder in my vocalization of emotion and (laughs) and then uh (laughs) i'll probably i don't know like stomp around or sit and cry for maybe five more minutes Okay, that's a, that's a pretty short amount of time to be out there by yourself then. Ten minutes, yeah. Okay. I did roll to see if I, like, <clears throat> heard this. Rolled a natty one, so I am officially just going to clean up. Um, <clears throat> once I clean up, I'll just head back, uh, stoke the fire a little bit, and then kind of steer clear of Sasha a little bit. So, like, the, the one night I kind of put my bedroll right next to hers to make sure she just wouldn't get up in the middle of the night and go take a random bath. Um, I'm just going to um, walk back and then kind of set up close-ish to the the main bigger fire and kind of, again, just kind of stoke the two outer fires and the main fire, just make sure we have enough firewood for the night Um, and then just kind of sit around um i will actually look for liel do i see her is is she is she kind of close by or well that would be a question for liel um how far off into the jungle do you go looking for food i mean are you walking the kind of the that tree line along the beach or do you actually venture into the forest um if i ventured into the forest it'd probably be no more than five to ten feet into the into the tree line um, but I would stick mostly to the tree line where I could easily be seen and easily see everybody else. I would probably venture closer over to the shipwreck to see if there was anything that, like, came out of it. 
I probably wouldn't go into it without somebody there with me. So the the <coughs> shipwreck you're talking about the one that Jas told you about? No, ours. Yours. Okay. Yeah, from this distance. Any crates? Any th- any kind of? Uh, from this distance, uh, it's really hard to tell. You know that uh, you had been told that uh, Jask and Ishru went to go, you know, kind of take a closer look. They said they didn't go onto the boat. Um, they were a little nervous too because it is. They said it's even into more disrepair. You know, twelve hours later, or actually twenty-four hours later, uh, from when you guys had been on, uh, and. Uh, Ishru kind of said it's it's almost a miracle that the boat is still in you know even in, in the one piece that's left. Uh, they had said nothing really substantial or you know worthy of taking had seemed to come up onto shore. Okay. Well, that's where you'd find me. Um, <clears throat> since she's a little bit farther out, I'm gonna just kind of pay closer attention <coughs> in that general direction and and make make sure. Yeah, she obviously doesn't get in any kind of trouble or whatnot, but just kind of look around the camp, but then, like, you know, every few minutes or so, like, look that way and make sure I can still spot her. Yeah, so it's it's, it's fairly easy to uh, to keep track of her. I mean, she's not hiding her tracks. And, um, if you're looking for uh, for food... I mean, food and anything of yeah, use, uh, give basically. Yeah, give me a, a survival check. And while you're doing that... Ade, you're, I'm kind of trying to track out time in my head because Liel and Ronan, if you guys were to walk basically within any sort of close eyesight within the the Yennevere, that would probably be the only thing you would do. And uh, and you know that if you were to, by the time you turn around and come back, it'll be close to nightfall at that point. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I figured 22, by the way. 22. Okay. Yeah. You are able to find, you know, some, some natural... You know, scavenging some some coconuts. You know, it's not like you're making a, a, a gigantic haul, but enough to definitely something more than just salt water soaked food. Okay. And Nim and Ade, I'll kind of give you one last thing if mm-hmm. there's something else you want to do before nightfall hits. Honestly, there's enough going on around Nim that he, um, whether it's aware, whether other people around him are aware, he's kind of I wouldn't call it supervising, but it's kind of like. What is everyone else doing? And if I can help out or do something, I'm going to watch. That's why I'd asked earlier, like from Sophia, you know, like how long do you hang out in the jungle? Because if it's more than 10 minutes, he's going to be like, I'm going to visit my maybe friend. But if you're not out there I mean, for long. You can kind of hear me screaming in the jungle, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, so you're saying you're like, you're letting out frustration. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, like the dramatic movie scene, like the girls like screaming and crying accompanied by rhythmic thudding that's what's going on um okay so yeah no i mean i i gotta imagine after about 10 minutes if you're still um screaming and crying and thudding he would probably hobble his way towards you i think by the time you finally hobble over to her she's i'm just kind of like sitting on the ground underneath the like half ruined tree just kind of crying as he kind of breaks the tree line and looks upon you he he l- basically lets out a sigh, looks to the ground and says, well, I haven't quite yet do what you're doing, but you certainly feel like how I feel. Look up and I'm like, I'm just, he might be dead already. 
we've been here for, what, two days? And, and he might be dead already. And what have I done? Nothing to help him. Nim takes a, a, a deep breath. And you see him close his eyes. And in almost this like confident gesture, he raises his head to you and looks deep into the eyes if you're looking at him. Mm-hmm. And he says, I have to imagine you've done everything that you can so far. That tree over there. I feel like that's what you're doing to yourself. That's not fair to you. I don't miss anyone in the same way that you probably miss him. But I really think you shouldn't treat yourself like you treat that tree. I mean, I don't know about that. I could have... I could have been more vocal about pushing forward. I could have gone forward by myself. We could have gone on the first day or today. There's people on this island. We know that. We know they're probably not friendly to us. This is a a ghost-haunted island. Nobody comes here. The people that are here are not safe. Kogrim isn't safe right now. And I've done nothing. Nothing to help him. Nothing to help us. We're just stuck in the same spot we started in. Well... This might be a trap for asking this question, but if the roles were reversed and he lived the same life that you did over the past few days, would you be upset? Would you be bitter? Would you be critical? If he hadn't found me by now, you mean? Right? No. I'd know he was coming. I might not be able to fly. Good. Or murder a beach full of crazy scorpion creatures. But what matters to you matters to me. And if there's one thing we're going to do besides get the hell off this island, guess it's going to be to find your boyfriend. That might sound like all words, but... Isn't that what life is about? Finding those that you care about? I would die here on this island with nobody ever knowing what happened to me, if it meant Kogram would be okay again. Even if he didn't know, if my parents never figured out what happened, as long as Kogram was okay, I'd do it. So, yes, I think the way to get off this island is to find him. That says a lot. And he hobbles over to you, and he switches his cane to his left hip, And he reaches his hand out to you as though to, in some way, (laughs) help you up up off the ground. I will um, sit up onto my knees and give you a hug if you'll let me. Yeah, he does. (laughs) As uh, Again, Ade is very string beanie. She's very tall and skinny as she just wraps Mm -hmm. her long arms around you. Thanks, Nim. I'll just kind of wipe my face and pat the tree and I'm like... I'm sorry, tree. The tree responds and is like, hey, not a problem. <laughs> oh my gosh. You just gotta do whatever you gotta do. I get it, you know. The tree is from the Bronx? It's all. It's from. No, no. don't. And no. from the place of hard knocks. Oh my gosh. I'll uh, wipe my face off readjust my weapon and head back with Nim towards camp. 
still definitely, I mean, when you guys come back, you could definitely tell Ade's been crying, but. Ade and Nim, you get back to the your campsite <clears throat> probably a good 10, 15 minutes before Rowan and, and Liel do. Um, are there any, is there anything else you guys want to do or talk about before you guys bed down for the night? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that's. I'm guessing that's what your plan is. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. As soon as, yeah, as soon as I bring the food back to the camp, I'm going to start collecting palm branches to make a bed. You guys bed down for the night. Uh, I, I won't bother you with watch checks. Thanks. Tonight, at least. Yeah, tonight, yeah. at least. I won't. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, your night is, is, at least for one of you, not a good night. Oh. I swear, if I have a snake, <laughs> come out of my mouth again. As... Ade, you have a dream. And by dream, I mean more of a nightmare. Yeah, always. You're back on deck of the Yennevir. And you're looking around and you feel lost. You know where you've been. You've been on this boat for... Days and days and days. Approximately 105 by your best count. And even surrounded by the other crew members and uh, these other people that you've spent the last two days with. And even Kogram's there. Mm. And then you rush towards Kogram as he's on the other side of the deck. And you reach to grab him and turn him around and give him a hug. And you realize upon turning that his face is gone. Oh, like eaten or like blank? It's blank. He has, he's featureless. And then you, you, you turn and you look at all the other crew and they've all stopped what they're doing. And one at a time they start to turn and look at you. And you note that all of their features are gone. They're just blank flesh faces. No eyes, no nose, no mouth. I think it'd take the snake. <laughs> and you, you start to look around panicked. And you you blink for a second. And, and you, the, you still feel, at least in your dream, the wood deck underneath you rock and move. But then all of a sudden, uh, you're in the rowboat you're in that little dinghy Mm -hmm. of the Yennevere and sitting across from you rowing the boat is the first mate Alton his features on his face are gone as well and you note that he's dead his 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 chest is a gaping wound and he's got bits and pieces of his arm and his neck that have been ripped out it looks like the injuries that you saw when you actually were on the deck or in the ship of the Yennevere, that his body has come to life and is rowing you to shore, it seems. The boat reaches the sand of the island. And as you crawl out, you realize that the sand is not sand, but is hundreds of thousands of writhing snakes. Mm. With the snakes. With the snakes. And then you turn in a panic and you see Alton rowing back towards the ship except his face has features now. 
His eyes are that of a snake with the vertical slit and you see a forked tongue come out of his mouth and he tilts his head back and his jaw extends and all you hear is the wailing cry of Kogram. And that is the last thing you remember as you are consumed on the beach by the snakes. Okay, yours is way more horrifying than mine was. (laughs) And when you wake... It is morning. Screaming, probably. Yeah, I was going to say, she probably, like, sits bolt upright, just drenched in sweat. Paler than you've ever seen her, just, like, chest heaving. Chupacabra, snakes, and zombies, apparently. That's the thing going on here. So I'll take a minute and, like, you know, like, rub my face and, like, run my hands through my hair and kind of, like, like, check check my face. I have a nose. I have a mouth. Like, (laughs) sort of hug myself a minute, like, ground my body. So the rest of you see this. Like we, we, we're already awake? Or at the very least are woken up by it. By oh, her yells. Okay, okay. You okay over there? You had a dream about a snake? Oh, yeah, don't remind me. I had a dream about endless snakes. Ooh. And mummified Alton. And huh? faceless Kogrim. I think I died in my dream. Did you smoke something before you went to bed? Just sadness. (laughs) (laughs) That was awful. This is some sort of ghost island. You didn't eat anything before you went to sleep, did you? Just what you guys ate. And I didn't poison nothing. So it obviously ain't the food that's given. Oh, I mean, gosh. That was awful. That was an awful way to wake up. But you said there were snakes in your dream? Yeah, um, I was I was on the Yenevere, and I saw Kogrim, and I ran to him, and he didn't have a face, and then I turned around, and nobody had a face, and then all of a sudden I was on the rowboat, and Alton, without a face, and he was dead, like he looked like his body did in the boat with the, the chest did I, did and I the I neck. Did I see his body? I don't remember if I saw his body. I think you were the only one that saw his body. He looked like he did on the boat, like his his chest and his neck, he was like, he was dead. He was dead, but he was rowing the boat. And when we got to shore, the sand turned into snakes and Alton had left me and Kogram was screaming and I was being eaten alive by snakes. Oh so the ship and snakes seems to be the general theme of these nightmares. You, you two haven't had anything going on, have you? No dreams and nightmares to speak of? Dana remembers that Nim had a nightmare. I can't remember what it was, though. Your nightmare was that you were also on the Yennevere. And you were having... um, You were suffering from... Like, you were retching over the rail. Mm -hmm. Mm, Oh, yeah, seasick. And And then you started retching snakes, didn't you? Yeah, you started vomiting snakes. And Mm -hmm. yours also had other people in it. Yours, uh, you saw a, a a woman standing next to the captain, the captain you recognized, the woman you didn't. And the reason why she stands out is, well, one, not because you didn't recognize her, but two, she also, uh, you remember her leaning over and uh, kissing the captain. Okay. Yep. In your dream. 
this wasn't a woman that you saw on the ship at any point in time. I guess not. So you were like, hey, did the rest of you have an experience? And I was like, well, as a matter of fact, just the other night, these are the things that I saw. And then the retching and then the romantic interaction. And also remember the like the 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 ship got stuck in like this ink. Mm-hmm. I remember the ink. That's right. And then you and were, I had ink in mine too. And yep. you were also trying to bail. I was, you were also I trying to bail out the the ink. The vomiting the ink with ink. like a with just like a spoon. It was like one of those horrible nightmares where it's kind of that you're trying to run away from the monster, and no matter how hard you run, he's always yeah. right there. It was kind of that that same horrific feeling you get. And the ship, in your dream, the ship eventually was ripped apart by something that came up from the depths and just started ripping the entire ship apart. Yeah, so um, this hasn't been my favorite place to sleep. I've been all right so far. Well, for your sake, hopefully it stays that way. Yeah, doesn't sound like uh, you guys are having uh, good dreams. I'm not saying I'm having um, great dreams either, but... um, Yeah, I imagine you're probably just dreaming about Sasha. (laughs) I'm going to look at Sasha. Did she hear that comment? No. Oh, good. No, she's busy just kind of packing up, getting ready for the day. No. Disdainfully looking at her boots. I don't know. You two looked awful friendly last night. Uh... Friendly might actually be too kind of a word. Well, she's definitely sweet on you, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know if it's more sweet, more than overbearing. Clingy, but not in... Not in a good way. There's reasons, but she has hers and I have mine. Reasons, he says. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, your guys' dreams are really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> deflect, deflect, deflect. Yeah, thanks, thanks for that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start like waking up and like you right, know what I mean. Same. Just kind of stretching out and whatnot, and I'm gonna. Uh, so, so it's us four. Yeah, it is you and four. And then those three other people. And those and that three, is correct. It. That is, I mean, you know that there are others, and right, you, and you know that like, because we only found what three people on the ship that were dead. Right, Aries. Is vanished somewhere. S- vanished. Cogram's vanished. Cogram is MIA. And you know that you saw someone else. I'm talking yeah. from the like jungle, our group. But the from, shit, your, the from yours, yeah. Okay. Everyone else is. We found Alton in a barrel. We found blood in the captain's quarters. You found the cook. Oh, the cook in a barrel. In a barrel. You found Alton in the quarters. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And you found. The only other sign you have is that you also found blood right. in the captain's quarters. Right. Because we saw... Oh, we found Alton's body, though. Because we saw peg legs, uh, like footprints coming up onto the beach. But then we saw two other footprints going into the jungle. Anybody on the ship have a peg leg that we knew of? Alton. Alton, Alton did? Okay. But Alton's body was but on the he ship. Was on yeah. the ship. Yeah. So it very well could be that he was alive when we shipwrecked and then went back on the ship and something got him. Right. So that is a possibility. That could and explain two that. people walked into the jungle before Ares did. Which could have been Kogren and the captain. Right. Possibly. Possibly. Possibly that red-headed person and one of the other two or 
two of possibly four people. Right. Assuming that we are in like, par- like party chat, you know, that we're like trying to figure out the day and interacting with one another. Uh, Nim is kind of like, well, we didn't talk about this last night, but now we should probably figure out how we're going to spend our day. That well, that yeah, that's why I was asking, like, clarifying how many how people, many people we were had on total because yeah. that's that was the, the direction I mm-hmm. was going to go was. Um, I can't help but feel like we have three different options: check out the shipwreck, or go west on the island, which is the way that people have gone, or push past the uh, thorn wall. Unless there's something else I haven't thought of, I wouldn't be opposed to checking out the west side of this, the, the the top portion of this island and, and Ronan will kind of start taking out the map um, Do we have a map? Mm-hmm. Yeah mm-hmm. Um, And I'll actually just start drawing a bigger, obviously very crude uh, map on in the sand mm-hmm. um, just so it's a lot more accessible for eyesight. If we clear the west portion of the top of the the island we can then start working east and south and then go from there if we're looking for people. Also, if we're just looking for something to help us get off this island, it would be nice to clear the full island. Does anyone have linguistics? I do. Give me a linguistics check. 24. 24. That is actually enough to find it on the map. Uh-huh. It was written very small. The island is done in a muted color. It's mm-hmm. not as vibrant as what my handout was to you guys. They didn't have printers then? They didn't have, it, surprisingly, no. They they only had monks. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, copying took a long time. But that island that you see on the map, so for the listeners, it's uh, an island not gigantic in size, and it... It looks kind of like a, a hook with a handle coming out the bottom, almost mm-hmm. like a sickle. Mm-hmm. In the western part of that hook area, on your map, there is a island or a part of that island that's separated, and it's marked in gray. Like this little one? That little island Not, you see there. Or this one? Yes. Oh, okay, the bigger one, okay. Yep. Uh, you see that, and written... In kind of that, because in that gray island, that, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of how you see it on the map as well. The majority of it is this tans or brown, and then just that one is in a darker color, almost like someone tried to blot it out or ink it out. Mm. And under the blot out, you can just barely make out one word, and that word is the word lighthouse. Hmm. I think it might also be prudent of us to go and check out this other shipwreck that was found. We all know that there's other people on this island that may give us a clue as to who they could possibly be and what their intentions may or may not be. I mean, for all we know, these people could have taken Ares and Co-Green and the captain to that ship. Or, if it's some other unfortunate soul that found themselves shipwrecked here, they might have more supplies, and if something did happen to them, could also give us a clue as to who's on this island. The two footsteps we saw on our first day, did they seem to go towards the west, the like 
tip of the hook, or did they seem to go east into the body of the island? They seem to go east into the body of the island. Okay. So it's like people are take the whoever this is is taking people from the beach and taking them into the east side of the island. Yes. Okay. Listen, I am certainly interested in the second ship, and I'm certainly interested in whatever lighthouse could mean. But it seems like most of the people are around east to get south, and I'm, I don't want to waste any more time not looking for Kogrim. I understand that, but I'm also not too keen on going up against something we don't know anything about. We might might be all well and good that we find him, but if we uh, can't take care of those people who took him, then it does nobody any good. And how are we going to be prepared by going west? I don't mean to sound combative. I just... The literal love of my life and my best friend is missing. And we haven't found him yet. And I don't know how going west is going to help us face the people who have him, if such a thing is true. Well, if time is sort of the gamble, then the choices that we make are kind of what we're up against. It's entirely possible that the people we're looking for are west. It's also possible that they're east and they've gone south and we're going to have to penetrate the Thorn Wall. Although, I can't help but feel like whoever it is that we're looking for won't be at the lighthouse. Would you feel better knowing that we traversed west and found no one and we could cross that off of our list? Or would you rather push forward into the unknown? If we go west, looking at the amount of ground we would have to theoretically cover, it's going to be a half-day journey to the tip, and then we would end up having to come back to camp. So if we go west, it is going to be a full day's mm-hmm. uh, journey. We could stop at the second ship and, and check that out on our way, kind of killing two birds with one stone, but am in agreement that most likely we won't necessarily find anybody but it's possible we might okay so say we spend a day investigating the second ship and going to the westward end of the island and coming back to camp on this godforsaken beach another night can we all agree that the seven of us will move south through the bramble wall to look for the survivors should there be any Or are we just going to debate again? Well, I've heard you use the word debate. And I think that's a bit of a strong word. Because in the scenario that we're in, it's not quite a debate. As much as we're grasping at hoping what's the best for everybody. Alright. Are we going to discuss again? I don't think any of the decisions that are going to be made from here on out are going to happen without there being a discussion. There's seven of us here and seven lives that are going to be affected by this. I'm not saying we shouldn't discuss. I'm just saying I don't want to waste days discussing. Far be be it from me, but I feel like five minutes of conversation isn't days of discussing. It's not. What I don't want it to turn into is days of discussing. Well... I would rather take an action and have it be the wrong one than sit and debate and debate and debate and try to find the right one. You say that. I do. That's a good attitude to have if it was just your life on the line. 
I think it's a good attitude to have at all, which is why it's my attitude. But I can understand that you might have a different one. Well, the good news, as Nim kind of speaks up, <laughs> sensing the hostility, he says, well, the good news is that it seems as though everyone involved in this discussion fully intends on making progress despite the threat that's in front of us. As a result, I am both frightened and excited <laughs> about pursuing the West as an option, visiting the lighthouse and the shipwreck, as well as going south and hoping that maybe we will unlock some answers. From what I understand, and I mentioned it before in terms of gamble, if the thing that we are searching is south of us, will we lose it if we lose one day searching for it? We can't know. Well, maybe we can. And Nim actually gets up from this conversation and he goes on a walk. Where do you go? I go into the jungle. Good. Which way? Like <laughs> south or just a couple feet in and uh, uh, east or west? Or I'm asking for a friend. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> he basically look, goes into the edge of the jungle, whatever's closest to him at the time. Okay. Was 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 that it? Was that the end of the? Co- was was he done talking? I maybe he can talk to trees or something. I don't know. I mean, that would be good if he could. It would. Give us our answers. Nim finds a tree. <laughs> yeah. Can talk to trees. Do it. <laughs> and he finds a tree with a bird in it. Oh, never mind. And you like, if any person was standing by him. You would see Can him we kinda... see you from where we are, or is it the jungle too thick? It's your choice. Um, you can see him. Like you can see that there's a person on the edge of the trees. Okay. Like you can see them. Maybe, maybe you don't have the vision to see specifically what what I'm doing or anything, but you know there's a person doing. There's a, a thing. figure standing yeah. there doing something. There's a shadowy figure about to cast a spell. Stop. Throw a yeah. spear at him. Stop. Yeah. So he Stop. takes his cane and he kind of like puts both of his hands on it and he takes a deep breath and he goes. My family taught me how to do this. And I feel like if there was ever a time to bring up the gumption to make this happen, now is that time. And he closes his eyes, takes a deep breath, and he looks up at a bird that's in the tree. And you can, like, you can actually see, like, just a little bit of sparkles begin to, like, um, develop and arise around him as it transfers from him to the bird. And he looks up at the bird and... Uh, with a little bit of diplomacy, he tries to talk to the bird as he casts Speak with Animals. Ooh. Uh, it's a diplomacy of 20. What do you say? He looks up at the bird and says, Well, I apologize for interfering in your day, possibly interrupting, <laughs> but things have been very hard. And I and my friends, we are looking for some help. Would you mind? Having a chat with me. You say your life is hard. <laughs> I've been trying to spend my entire life cracking these nuts. Well. I pick them up, I fly them around, and I drop them. And it's all sad. They don't crack. I've only got it to go one time. It was delicious. My Uncle Steve, he got one earlier. Got drunk. This Unfortunately, is- he drank too much and flew into the ocean. This is what you get for talking to birds. You're absolutely right. That <laughs> life, I can't relate. However, I would happily trade some food from my pocket so that you wouldn't have to crack any more nuts. Oh, 
you saying you've already got some of those cracked nuts? Yes. <laughs> oh, I love cracked nuts. And the bird comes flying <laughs> down and kind of lands in front of you, like sheepishly kind of looking around like, this is kind of a weird situation. This has never happened to me before. And uh, when he lands, you realize that um, he's still a, a fairly large mm-hmm. bird. We talking like toucan sized or yeah yeah about yeah about toucan sized so it's kind of I want to say quite eye to eye with you but I mean it's it's a it's a large large bird for, for your size uh, for the sake of the story it was it was super great that when Liel went and, and did some foraging um, she had she had grabbed some nuts and I didn't eat all of mine so I had some in my pocket <laughs> there and you so go. I that pulled some great. of them out of my pocket and they're in my hand and I look at the bird and I go well. What's your name? <laughs> your uncle's name is Steve. I feel like you should have a name too. Mine is Nim. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? Well, Steve. I'm Steve the Seventeenth. <laughs> well, Seventeen Steves. We're all named Steve. Birds aren't very creative. I have a handful of nuts for you. If you wouldn't mind giving me just a little bit of information. Nuts. Okay, and he puts it. He like he kneels down and he puts them on the ground, and he says, "We've lost some friends, and we're trying to figure out which way they went." Did you happen to notice some people that were wrecked on that ship, and whether they went west or if they went south or east? Well, southeast, right? Or yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. southeast, west, or southeast. Are you talking about more people like you? I absolutely am talking about people like me. Non-flying pink fleshy things. Yes, <laughs> non-flying fleshy things. You're absolutely right. They don't shed nuts. They don't shed nuts? Is that Share. Oh, I... Share. It's almost like you need to cast comprehend language or speak with animal. <laughs> I, um, that's why I'm sharing my nuts with you today okay, because, bird. um, I, I would really like to know what your life is like and whether or not that includes the direction my friends are going. Oh, you know, my life <laughs> kind of sucks. Three hours later. <laughs> you ever had nuts? <laughs> I have nuts for you right here. <laughs> These are all yours. I just was curious if you if you saw people like me in the direction they went. Dana's so not having this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Steve the 17th comes over and picks up some of the nuts. And you see him eat them and uh, uh, choke on one or two. But he manages to, to get them down. And, uh, oh, wait. He all, so as he does that, he pulls out a bowl, he puts it on the ground, and you see him wave his hands over the bowl. And as he waves his hands over the bowl, um, the bowl fills with non-salted water. And he says, well, those are hard to eat. Here's some water in case you would like some. What's that? Is that for a bath? A bath? Or, or, or to, to, to clean the nuts out of your mouth or whatever, whatever... <laughs> You need it for, as I was saying before. <laughs> did you happen to notice any of my friends? 
I don't know what your friends look like. Oh my gosh. But I I have seen that they've got weird homes far to the other side of the island. What would when you say the other side of the island, do you mean like that way and he points to the west? He's like, or do you mean like this way and he points southeast? That or this? No, 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 this way. And he kind of points with his curved beak because he's a toucan. Um, okay. <laughs> points more just directly south. So instead of following the curve, just straight across yep. the gap south. Straight across. Okay. And Oh, yeah. They like nuts. <laughs> but they don't share them like you do. You're nice. I'm going to go tell Steve and Steve and Steve and Steve and Steve. <laughs> you guys can't see Dana's lower half, but it is cringing right now <laughs> underneath this table. This is a very painful exchange for Dana. Oh, I love this spell. <laughs> you got to cast this more. I will <laughs> not. <laughs> so he says, well, Steve, the 17th. Today you made a friend, and I appreciate your help. Yes! You're not so much better! Or worse, I imagine. No, 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 they're better. They're actually nuts. Theirs are all squishy! Fortunately, oh. the uh, two minutes that this spell lasts is definitely over, it is. and I can no longer hear the things he's saying. So it just kind of turns to squawking. The the uh, You now know is Steve the 13th. 17th? Or 17th, I'm sorry. Wow, amazing. Bird brains, man. Uh, um, it's really great hanging out with you guys. <laughs> you going. <laughs> I'll teach you to cast that spell. Yep. All right, I'm out. But no, if uh, wh- what do you do from here? You, you go back to the... Mm-hmm. I certainly do. So the rest of you... Uh, is standing there staring at the woods. Yeah, and, and uh, where Nim went. when Nim comes back, you see a single toucan kind of hopping along the ground after him, just squawking and squawking and squawking <laughs> and uh, follows him uh, but won't like come out into the sand. Uh, and you see it perch on one of the trees and just... You would have... You could swear that if a bird had feelings... They were hurt. That uh, the bird probably feels lonely. Oh, poor Steve the 17th. So Nim returns to you guys. <laughs> he says, well, and he kind of looks over at that squawking toucan. He looks back to you and says, I was really hoping that was going to be more definitive. <laughs> but I guess it's better than nothing. My friend over there, and he points over the toucan. His name is, um, well, his name is Steve. <laughs> um, he tells me that the people that are like us are south from us. And he like points at, at your map and like points at where he thinks south is and says, well, I gave him my nuts and he put them in his mouth and as a result, he told me that our people are here. That's some commitment. All right then. Well, I guess we have a direction. I mean, that's more definitive than anything we had before. I, uh, I mean, if we're all willing to take the word of a bird. bird. 
I understand. <laughs> it was I get it. it. I was really hoping he was going to be like, oh, yes, your friends, they definitely have been going this direction. But instead, he was. I mean, uh, he, he definitely had more information than we had previously. So that's still helpful. If, um, if, go ahead. Have we encountered like a rowboat? There is a rowboat. There is. You know that there is a rowboat or a dinghy uh, lashed to the side of the Yennevere. Is it big enough to fit seven people? Or four. Definitely big enough to fit four. What about seven? <laughs> We're leaving the rest of them seven, here. Seven, you might scuttle it. Well, let's still float. Let's just leave Sasha behind. <laughs> Good. We'll leave Sasha on the beach. Six is fine. Seven, not so much. So Dim says, well... I hate to break it to you, but I don't know nothing about nothing. But if we could portage that rowboat just a bit south and push it through, we wouldn't have to go through the thorn wall. What are the rest of you guys thinking? Ronan? That's not a bad idea. <clears throat> Hesitant to take a rowboat <laughs> across an open bay like that, but... I wouldn't mind kind of skirting the outskirts a bit and not having to trek through a a jungle wouldn't be a bad idea. Kind of like ride the edge of the mm-hmm. right the beach. Mm-hmm. And Nim is right. It would definitely be a lot faster. We could look to see if the second ship has a rowboat as well. So we all don't have to cram into one and risk sinking. It's no bad idea. It would definitely save us from having to encounter those flies again. Yes. I'm for it. Check the second ship. Um, and then see if we can find a rowboat there. I mean, maybe even worst case, got to find a couple decent-sized pieces of driftwood and just attach it to the back, and we can have somebody float on the back of that. Real Titanic-like. Mm. So in the least, we won't be backtracking if we head to the west. Right. Yeah, once we hit the second ship, find what we need, we can just head straight south and then hit the the bay from there. Can we see the other side of the bay? Like, is it clearly, can we clearly see it? How, like, it's not, like, so far that it looks tiny from us? Like, how far across would you say it is? About a mile and a half. Like if you go, like longest point to longest point. Like in a straight line from oh, where we are down. Like yeah. the big one. I would, I would say this is what you say. That's two miles. So I'd say that's probably a half mile. What are you saying is to half mile? Oh, I'm sorry, from I, I misunderstood. Just from there to there? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably no. about from there to what? No, I'm talking from about here to so here. so. Words? If we went to the inside island, north to south, to the inside, to the inside oh. beach. If we and went to the inside beach where we would launch the the boat. For, yep. From one side to the other, how far would we be rowing if we rode in a straight line? It would be about two miles. Okay. We could also, if we didn't want to backtrack, we could go up to the Yenavir, get the rowboat, go up to the second ship, see if there's a rowboat, come all the way to the west. And then follow along this way. What's this way? I'm sorry, I apologize. Uh, going along no, the... He means for the listener's going, sake. Uh, counterclockwise. Yes, going uh, counterclockwise. Along the, the sickle. Along the Rather sickle. than straight across For those curious, we will post a picture of the map so yes. you can follow along at so home. Getting to the, the tip of the sickle at about 11 o'clock 
and then following counterclockwise along where there's the blotted out island, another island, and then you come to what would be the handle of the sickle at about seven o'clock. It's not a bad idea. As a thought, if we so, wanted to get cr- close to the creepy blotted out island, that way we don't have to port the ship across the island. Nim straightens like his shoulders and his back, and he looks at the closest. Well, no, he looks at um, what's the guy's name? The samurai guy. Ishiru. Ishiru. Um, he says, Ishiru. Our next step is to continue down south. Do you think you want to? join us or do you want to continue hanging out on this beach? And Ishru kind of stands straightens his belt. It's been two days since being on this island. We will follow you. Well, I ask because sometimes people just want to hang out and hope things work out. But if you're ready to go on this adventure, that's what we're ready to do too. I have and he kind of looks like he's trying to gauge his words carefully Mm -hmm. I have seen many disasters I feel at this point it is safer to get off of the beach it appears that the only hope we have is to go south to go deeper into the island well then it's time to put this plan into action We'd probably break up into teams and start mm-hmm. collecting the collecting our supplies and yep. food and other things, and then. And uh, uh, Ishru and Jask are uh, more than able and willing to carry the bulk of whatever's left of food and gear that was there on the boat. They feel that it you're that they're going to leave the exploring up to you, and they're going to do their best to just kind of keep up and. Mm-hmm keep the the supplies safe because at this point they expect to probably be setting up like campsites as you guys travel throughout the island and then Sasha Mm -hmm. who you note doesn't really help much besides just getting her own bedroll ready and she finally puts on her boots uh, after she tries to shake out the sand one more time I'm going to just throw those boots into the jungle. Mm-hmm. Stands up and goes, all right, well, <clears throat> lead on. You guys hate her so much. So much. After uh, you. I don't, I don't hate her at all. Dana doesn't. You think so, she's hilarious, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like her more than the toucan. <laughs> Book six, the toucan's going to be the real villain. <laughs> it was Steve all along. It's a mastermind. Can I make a, I don't know if it would be like a perception or what? I guess it would probably be more of a deception. (laughs) Deception? Perception. Perception. (laughs) Perception. Um, I would like to perceive if she is acting differently. Sense motive. Yes. That would be a sense motive. There it is. That's the <laughs> word that I was looking for. I, for whatever reason, was like escaping me. Um, I would like to sense the motive of her actions. Is she acting differently than our first encounter? Like the very first one? 
like when you first got on the sh- on the boat or the first one on the beach? I think he's talking no. about something else altogether. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is going to actually be bad. I'm not good at. Eh. Eh. Ten. Ten? It's kind of hard to tell. I mean, maybe if you went up and talked to her. Mm-mm. But <laughs> you're just you're just watching her kind of get her her bedroll ready, Arms and length. it's it's kind of hard to tell. Actually, that would then leave me if I'm like kind of confused. I'm I'm trying to think of a, a way, a surefire way to like, okay, something's a little off with her. I'm gonna walk up while she's getting ready. I'm just gonna out of. Uh, I'm gonna kind of look around. Is everybody kind of out of earshot, or is everyone kind of like around the? I mean, everyone's getting, everyone's busy, everyone's getting ready, so I don't think, it, you know, people would necessarily, like, I, attempt Liel's to listen. Liel's going to suggest that we just throw all of the supplies into the boat that we have and have, like, Ishru and, was it Jax? Mm-hmm. Have them row the boat down to the other boat, and the rest of us will just walk on the beach until we find the second boat. Okay. that That's what she's going to suggest. So if that's something that everyone's okay with, then she would probably help them start loading stuff into the... I think we still have to walk up to the Yenevir yeah, to get the Yeah, you still have to go to the Yenevir. So right. you guys are packing so things some, up yeah, now so to some, go to the Yenevir. Yeah. So I would think it's safe to say that most of us are far too preoccupied to care about what you're going to be yeah. doing with yeah. Sasha. So go I'm, ahead. I'm probably curious just because of my relationship with Sasha, but I'm not trying to eavesdrop, just watching. I'm just going to ask her... Where does the moon play? I just want to see her reaction to that. She smiles. A very knowing smile. And just goes, We've already done this once before, pup. No need to do it again. I mean, it's alright if you don't know, pup. (laughs) So weirded out by all this. Since you're kind of listening... You would hear her respond. Mm-hmm. Fine. Only in the shadows does the moon play. Have I ever heard her say anything like that? Nope. Interesting. Just making sure you're still you. Loyal? Loyal. Sure hope so. Trust me. You have no idea the cost of my loyalty. I don't like this at all. I don't either. <laughs> I, I do not. And maybe that's for the better then. And I'm just going to go back and start finishing packing up all my stuff and um, kind of put it on my backpack and all that and, and shorn up, I, I, boy scouting it just in case. <laughs> I don't know why, but start throwing sand on the fires just to make sure they're all out. Start heading towards the the front of the group so to speak that's like walking towards the 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 camp and you guys get everything packed up you know that you guys can get to the Yennevir in about 40 minutes you know 30-40 minutes ooh bees now not just flies bees attack us all as we (laughs) no no Uh, the Yennevir is um, fortunately still there who goes to get the boat I'll go. All right. So you you walk. Uh, give me a reflex save again. Mm-hmm. 17. 17. You are fine. You're able to get to the now 
much more waterlogged. It almost looks like the Yennevere has slid probably eight feet. Mm. And the the boat is still there. It's kind of settled into the water a little bit. So, you know, you'll have to bail it out. But that shouldn't pose too much of a problem to you. Mm -hmm. You're able to swim out to the little boat, climb into it, bail it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're by yourself. So it, it takes some doing. But you're able to get it back to the beach where Jask and Ishru load up all of the available gear you have. They climb into it. They both take an oar. Sasha climbs into the boat as well. Of course. Doesn't take an oar. Yeah, does not take an oar. She sits in the front of the boat. As they push back out, you hear her call. We'll see you at the next wreck, yes? Yes. All right. Don't be surprised if she falls out of the boat in the bay. <laughs> and then she falls off the boat. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but this leaves the four of you. You know you have probably another 20 minutes. Jazz told you he walked about an hour to get mm. to this boat. Um, you've already walked about 40 minutes-ish, so it's not too much farther. I did not think our camp was set up that far away from the Yenevere. It was, about, it was about 40 minutes oh. originally. I was had a completely different picture in my head. Yep. And you continue to walk down the beach, and in the distance, you can see the wreck. Um, now, you know, the, the Yennevere was kind of a, a mid-size boat, de- decent size, obviously enough, you know, large enough to, to take on the sea to be able to brave the Eye of a Bendigo and, you know, all of that. Um but the boat that you see, or rather the wreck that you see in front of you, is truly a inspiring sight. Mm. This is a 120-foot-long boat. Mm. Three masts. The, the sails look like that they were uh, furled, like they were fully, uh, fully out, but now are just a tattered mess. So it's shipwrecked there. It is shipwrecked. It is facing... Like, the bow is facing inland. So almost look like it ran just totally aground. How old does it look? It, it's kind of hard to tell from this distance. Uh, noting kind of the condition of the sails. You know it's been here for at least a couple of years. Okay. This is so well much longer than ours. Yes. And the fact that it is a ship that has not been completely just bashed to pieces. It just kind of gives a testament to the the size of the ship. Okay. I mean there there are holes in it, but it's nothing like what the Yenevere is. The Yenevere is in basically little bits and pieces. It almost broke in half on okay. impact. This one is mm. much more complete. Do we get there before the rowboat does or about the same time? Um you would arrive close to the same time. There the those in the rowboat kind of keep pace with you. Just okay. so that there's communication if necessary at least via like hand signals do i see any way onto the boat you know the only way onto the boat would be to 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 swim out to it or to take or to you know take the boat and go out to it um i thought you said it ran ashore it it is it ran ashore yes but you're talking about oh it's still it's still a large boat it's still out a ways in the water okay and at the bow there are, there are two distinctive things that you see. One 
is the name that is emblazoned on the bow of the ship. It is tarnished. It's now green and is the name of the ship. It's called the Brine Demon. Hmm. And its figurehead in brass itself, which is it's now taken on that green patina, mm-hmm. is a leering, demonic-looking gargoyle. Hmm. So this is a pretty big-to-do ship. Yes. Uh, it, it Would it be like knowledge local to see if I know anything about the ship? Knowledge history or uh, profession sailor? Nope. Knowledge history. Hey, a 15. Dirty 20. 15. And a dirty 20. And a dirty 20. You would know this ship went missing about two years ago. Does he know where it hails from? Do you know that it sailed the Arcadian Ocean? Um, for the captain of the ship actually does have some renown. A Avrit Kinkarian. Could you spell that, please? A-V-R-E-T K-I-N-K-A-R-I-A-N. Where does the ship come from? Does he know that? Or, or is that information he would know? You know or that me. it sailed along the coast or, yeah. of Sarkava. This guy, uh, he wasn't necessarily a pirate, but he was known for running a protection racket. Mercenary. Yeah. And he was known for being extremely cruel. So a very well-to-do mercenary. Would that be a name that I I would be familiar with? Yes, I, th- I think it would be. Okay. Um, maybe not him personally, but at least members. It's a name that I would have heard of through mm, others. Crew members that might have come through your establishment. Okay. One of the larger things, uh, or at least the stories that they told, is if in the case of a mutiny... She knows or we know? That you would know. Okay. From the stories from the men that would come through, that if there was like a mutiny or even a partial mutiny from his crew, mm-hmm. he would kill everyone. And then bring on a whole new crew. And then bring on a whole new crew. So loyalty to the utmost was important to him. So I would know this information then. Yeah. Okay. And how long ago did it go missing, did you say? It went missing about two years ago. I would be very curious to get on that ship. Well, I believe our next step is to see if we can find a rowboat on it, right? Yes. How far um, How far of a swim is it? Not too far. I mean, I won't. you won't have to make any swim checks to it. Okay. I'm assuming there will probably be a climb check to then? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, crap. Uh, ladders or ropes anywhere? Yeah, I mean, there's no, th- like, there's some ropes that, it, it's easy enough. Uh, there's no, you're not in any rush. There's no, so, I, I won't make you, I, I won't make you roll for it. That'd be, that, that that's dumb. Okay, well, I rolled a 19, so. <laughs> you get up even faster. Woohoo! You climb aboard the ship, mm-hmm. and... The the main deck seems to be... I'm going with her, if that okay. wasn't clear. No, that, that's fine. Uh, do, Nim, do you go? Yeah, if it seems possible, I do. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be possible for all of you if you wanted to. Okay. It, it would take some time to kind of get you out there mechanically, like just right. l- logistically, to, logistically to get you there. But mm-hmm. yeah, you can easily get there. Um, and you climb up on the deck, and you look around, and it, it seems just like an abandoned wreckage of a vessel. 
captain's quarters? You see the captain's quarters. Check the door. It is locked. A 22 disabled device to unlock it. 20... 22. 22. Uh, you are able to unlock it. You open the door and find laying there. Oh, God. Oh, my God. In this grand captain's chair. Is it him? Is a dead, desiccated body. You would assume the captain, by the clothes that are what little is left. Ah. And the room just, like, it's kind of hit that point where, like... It, like, hits you in the face when the door opens. Here's the thing with bodies, though. They stink, but after a while, they stop... Stinking. Stinking. But now it just smells like that musky, like, odorous mold. It doesn't smell like a rotting body anymore. But this guy looks like he's kind of like, petrified. Like his skin is still... Like in, he's been mummified yeah, almost. Preserved. Yeah, been preserved. That's how well this this room like locked down to moisture. Okay, I'm going to go in. Does the room look to be intact is, or is it like kind of ransacked at all? There are things in disarray. Like it almost, you know, you, you would assume that when this ship... Is it just from the ship running aground? Yeah, or? it seems like when the ship ran aground that things mm-hmm. fell out of place. Okay. It doesn't look like it was ransacked. I mean, the door was locked. Right. Um, and this guy is sitting in this gigantic handmade captain's chair almost. But everyone give me a perception. 21. 21. 15. 12. 12. 13. 20. 20. Okay. So you walked in the room, and the rest of you are just kind of sitting outside, or do you walk in? I'd say my first uh, action would be trying to find and get the rowboat into the water. Okay. So you're kind of searching around looking for... Yeah, on the top deck somewhere looking for the boat. Nim? Well, she figured out that this important room was locked and as soon as she unlocked it Nim was like oh this might matter and he kind of like took a step forward as she was perusing the room okay and Ronan I would have actually started to try and find the stairs to go below deck we we, we were on the top deck correct yes Yes. Um, I would have started I would have tried and found the stairs to go below deck and started heading down that way um not just all willy-nilly, you know, cautiously making sure, like, none of the steps are broken or anything like that, but making my way down that way. Okay. So, Nim, you see something. Mm-hmm. As Liel walks into the room and starts kind of perusing through the things that are in this room, just kind of, not not taking stuff, but just looking. You're just kind not- of looking around, right? Well, I mean, I would I walk into the room and kind of glance around to see if there was anything that kind of stuck out as being out of place. Mm-hmm. But my intent was to go and get a closer look at the body to see if there were any visible, like, wounds. Like, since he's so well-preserved, is there, like, a gunshot? Is there yeah. a knife wound? Or did he just die of natural causes? So, as you begin to do that and look around the room, Nim, you see the guy's head just kind of ever so slowly turn. You got that on a 22? To track around and just these soulless blank sockets Uh. are just staring at Liel. Nim is like out now out of this room now and he like takes like two steps backwards you've never heard him say anything more 
rushed and confidently in his life, in, in your time with him. But, but why? And you'll find out why. <laughs> <laughs> Next time.